Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat Pre-Game Show along with Coach Chris Elmore, Roger Engel, and Coach, we went up for the first time in quite a while up to North Jackson this past Friday night and came away with a 41-13 win. Yeah, um, a lot of memories up there. We talked about that last week. I um, remember several games. I think I, we played up there twice when I was playing and uh, been up there many other times as a manager or, or after I got done playing to watch Dad's teams play. And a lot of exciting games up there. I can remember a triple overtime game we lost up there. I can remember um, you know a game late in Dad's career that they threw a long touchdown pass into the end of the game to win. So. Uh, it was nice to come out of there with a win. I can't remember a lot of victories up there. I know I think we beat them my 10th grade year when Eric Turner was a senior. Um, and a big part of that was Eric Turner. Uh, but other than that, it's, it's been hard to win up there over the years. And so it was nice to, uh, to have, a, have a win and kind of a dominating win at that. Yeah, I said 41 to 13, and really they were never in the game. And uh, it's hard to describe the game, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah, a lot of people said that to me. It was an interesting game because, uh, you know, it was 41 nothing, and then uh, and then we were able to play a lot of young guys in the fourth quarter, and, and they, they picked up a fumble and ran it back and had one more touchdown. But, uh, you know, they, we, 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 we talk about field position all the time. You know, I've had that conversation, and, and, and we actually averaged getting the ball inside their territory. I think we ever actually averaged uh, getting it on their 48 um, the entire night. And, and when your average is that good, uh, obviously, you've got other ones that start even closer. So um, we had great field position all night. A lot of that was them. They they went forward on fourth down several times, and and we were able to stop them. You know, and and I you know I think that's been their philosophy all year. If, if it's fourth and short, they're going to go for it, and uh, uh, we knew that. And our defense rose, in the, and you know a lot of them weren't they weren't fourth and tens. They were fourth and two, three. Some of them were fourth and ones, and and our defense made some big plays and got us the ball in great field position, and we were able to score. And um, you know when you look at uh, the stats every week like we do, you know, we didn't really have that much yardage. We didn't really have a, a, a big yardage game, uh, but that was because we started with their ball in the end of the field the, the entire night. And so, uh, and, and that's why stats at the end of the day don't, don't really matter. The only stat that does matter is, is the score. And so, uh, you know, other than we had two drives in the first half, we didn't score on. Uh, other than that, our, our first offense never really was stopped the entire night. And uh, uh, we're able to, like I said, get a, get a pretty big lead and, and uh, control the game, force some turnovers, and, uh, and then we're able, like I said, play a lot of young guys in the, second, in the fourth quarter. You're talking about going for it on fourth down, and we're not talking about they were getting close to scoring. We're talking about deep in their own territory. Yeah, yeah they, I think their philosophy is it really doesn't matter where it is on the field. If it's fourth and, you know, two, three, or four, they're going to go for it. And, uh, you know, when you watched them punt, you kind of understand that philosophy because they punted one time, and, and Cam did a great job of, of getting the ball on the, on the fly. It was a line drive punt, and, and he was able to run the ball back to the 20. So there, I think that was a fourth and 10. I mean, really, if you look at it on that one, the one they didn't go for, they probably should have because we actually got the ball in better field position because, you know, Cam fielded the punt, like I said, and ran it back about 30 yards. And, so but between them going for it on fourth and us giving the punt return down to the 20, like I said, we spent most of the night on their end of the field. And, uh, and then we did a pretty good job executing offensively, um, you know, the entire, the entire first half for sure, except for two, had two third down plays, didn't, didn't go quite our way. J.D. missed uh, Cam on a, on a comeback to our sideline that he was mad about because he normally makes that throw nine out of ten times and he just rushed it a little bit. But uh, other than those couple of little hiccups, 
Uh, we played played pretty solid most of the night, and um, and like I said, I was, you know, defensively I was proud of us too because their the, what they were doing with all the misdirection and and they're kind of basically kind of going to some what some people would refer to as single wing or maybe even some Notre Dame box type mm -hmm. stuff with a lot of you know snapping it to different guys and and, and they're faking to this guy and this guy's spinning around and. To handle that, you've got to you've got to be disciplined on what you do and stay in your gap and read your keys. And I thought our defense did that all night, and we didn't really have anything where we we, we let the the what I would call eye candy. We let the stuff in the back fool us. We just we worried about what we were supposed to worry about, and didn't let all the motions and shifts and spins and everything they try to do confuse us. And we just lined up and played, and and that I think frustrated them. And 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 we were able to get off the field on fourth down a lot there in the first half. You know, the person we expected to be the starting quarterback played less at quarterback than did that number seven, which I understand he's got transferred in from somewhere in the Birmingham yeah, area. Maybe. and he's uh, maybe Tennessee somewhere. I can't Tennessee. remember. He might have been there before and is back. I don't know. Anyway, but, but yeah, the Lanier kid we mm -hmm. thought was a really good player. And, and I understand, I guess, their philosophy. Let's put him back here in the backfield and he can get the ball every play. But, of course, the other side of it was when they put him at receiver, we had a harder time with him at receiver than we did in the backfield. So mm -hmm. um, he's a good receiver, and I thought number 12 threw it to him well a couple times. And so we were we were thankful that they didn't do that more because I thought that was the, really where they gave us the most trouble was when they put him out wide. So, um, but you know I, they're obviously probably trying to get ready for the playoffs, and they they may think that that's their uh, best way to, to win in the playoffs is to get him the ball every play. And and I and, you know can't can't argue with that. He's he's a great player. So that's probably what they were thinking about doing. But um, uh, we were just we were fortunate that we were able to to stop him and, and keep him hemmed up and you know they do a good job with their little counter play they run where they hand it back to the kind of an inside reverse type of thing and they they hurt us on it once or twice but after that we did a good job the rest of the night of of uh, stopping that and I, and I credit our defensive coaches too because we struggled a little bit early and then we finally decided to go ahead and go to to a different personnel package and we went with five defensive linemen which. It worked for us. I, I hated it for Seth Williams, who normally is a very solid player for us, but he, he wasn't doing anything wrong, but we just needed to take a linebacker off the field. And, and so Seth was that guy that came off the field. So he didn't play as much as he normally plays. And, and I told him after the game, it's got nothing to do with you. It's not your ability. It's just what they were doing. And, and our defensive coaches did a good job of adjusting and, and putting five defensive linemen out there. And that uh, gave them trouble on all that stuff they were doing. And, and we were able to stop it. And, and like I said, with them going forward, then we, next thing you know, we've got the ball, you know, at their 30. Uh, and, and which is already obviously in our field goal range. And um, uh, that was, I guess, the only disappointing thing of the night is we had a field goal blocked again. And probably wasn't even noticeable because it, it didn't affect the, the uh, trajectory. But you, if you watch it closely, uh, he was about a 45 or 46 yarder that, he, that came up short. Well, you know, Alex is not going to come up short on a 46 yarder. And it just, a guy must have barely got a fingertip on it, it didn't change the angle of it or the. Or the direction of the kick, but it just took all the steam off of it, and uh, and I don't think it was anything we did wrong. It was just the guy came off the edge uh, really, really good, had good timing, and just barely got a, a pinky on it there. But uh, uh, that happens sometimes, and I think then the next one, uh, Alex maybe rushed a little bit, trying not to get the next one blocked, and he pulled it. But uh, uh, other than those two little mishaps, I, I thought overall we we played pretty well in all three phases. Yeah, we talked up in the press box, coach, about the fact that. They seemed much more effective when they were just more in that traditional set with the mm -hmm. number 12 in at quarterback, and as you said, uh, Lanier out wide. Yeah, I, you know, and plus they got you know they got other good. You know, number two was a good player, number five was a good player. So I, you know, 
I, I don't know. I, I'm not sure what um, – like I said, the only thing I can figure is that they must think in the playoffs that's the way they're going to be able to win. And, and if it is, then they probably need to be uh, working on it. But, I, but but for us, we were definitely more concerned with uh, Lanier out wide than we were with him in the backfield, which is not usually the case. You would normally be concerned when, when the guy's getting the ball every play. But we felt like, uh, you know, playing them in a, in a compressed, tight game with everybody at the line of scrimmage was better for us. And, and it ended up being that way for sure. I think they go ahead to play in the playoffs. Maybe is it good hope? I think they're mm -hmm. going to be playing. I think it is. They'll be, of course, be four. And there's a big difference, you know. And, and when they called, that's why I was a little surprised they called, is that there, there is a big difference in 4A and mm -hmm. 6A. And, and I think that showed up yeah. uh, Friday night for sure. And, um, you know, it was, it was good for us, um, you know, not necessarily have a, I'm not saying it was an easy, easy game or anything like that, but I'm just saying it was a good way for us to kind of go into the playoffs. And maybe on their side, maybe they look at it like, hey, we won't play anybody, you know, more talented than Fort Payne for, for several rounds. So let's go ahead and play them. And hopefully they came out of it uh, healthy. And that was the other thing. He, he told me before the game, they had lost a couple of guys the week before um, in, in a game against New Hope that didn't play against us that they probably were resting for the playoffs. So, you know, I'm sure they'll be a different team this week. But uh, um, it, it's uh, it was a good win for us and a, a chance to get the – Seven wins on the field, which we told our, you know, our seniors always know that you got to have seven wins to, to get your black jersey at the banquet at the end of the year. And, and so we told them this year with, the, with all the forfeit stuff, we had to be seven on the field wins. And, and that was the seventh one on the field. And, and of course, made us eight and two overall. So a uh, good way to finish up the regular season as we, as we move forward to the playoffs. Maybe they used a little bit of that Chris Elmore strategy that we had to begin the season, play the better competition that pays off later. That probably maybe was what it was. I think that's why he called. He, he, he wanted to get the rivalry back going. I think they think, you know, if you look at their schedule overall, it's not terribly difficult, um, especially outside of their region. And so this was their, you know, I guess big test of the year, and, and maybe they wanted to have it. I wouldn't want to have it right before the playoffs, but maybe they would rather, rather have it right there before the playoffs and because uh, it will be, I'm sure, a big difference playing uh, – uh, and again, no offense to Good Hope, but it'll be a big difference playing us and, and Good Hope. So maybe that'll help them as they move forward in the playoffs. Because they do have a, you know, I think they've got a pretty good, solid little 4A team. And uh, uh, if they play well, they're, they're capable of beating some people in the playoffs. Another downside to that, as you mentioned, playing toward the end of the uh, season's risk and injury. Yes, yeah. And I, that was the thing we're, we're you know, of course, we worry about every week, but uh, we were worried about, you know, uh, as you go into a, a non region game and, Playoffs are right behind that, and and, uh, and that's why a lot of people take have started taking that tenth week off as a, use it as a bye week. But uh, I like to keep playing to keep our, our you know our momentum going. And and fortunately, we were not uh, didn't have any significant injuries at all. Had a couple of guys get dinged up a little bit, but nothing major. And um, everybody's had a good week of practice and uh, this week. And so we're we're uh, about as healthy as you can be uh, coming off coming off a ten game season and and, and going in the playoffs. Uh, Throw out a couple of names there who you thought played well Friday night. Well, I thought Alex Akins played well again on both sides of the ball. I thought he did a good job on defense and, of course, ran the ball really hard. He just – he's getting there, you know. He doesn't run like a 160-pounder. He runs like he's 200, and uh, which is a good thing. And uh, he hits the hole hard and, and has great forward body lean. And I thought Caden DuBose played better. Uh, again, we all, we all have to remind ourselves, including me sometimes, he's just a ninth grader. Uh, and the more he does it, the better he gets. He had a big run there for a touchdown one time. And – uh, you know, I thought Cam and Sawyer made good plays, and, and um, our offensive line, uh, you know, stepped in. We had, had a, guy, a couple of guys out there, and they stepped in and did a good job as well. And, and then I thought defensively, Will Green had a big night, had probably his best game of the year. 
uh, made a lot of tackles, made a lot of plays, and uh, Jacoby Foster got a big interception. Uh, Jaden Dubose, I think, forced a fumble one time, and then Alex Akins recovered one. So uh, a lot of guys played really, really well. And um, you know, even though Alex missed the field goals, he had a the one time, or I guess the two times we punted, had just two huge punts. One of them was I think 53 or 54 yards, and a mile in the air. And that, that again is a is a weapon for us, you know, especially when you get into the playoffs because you're going to have to punt some. You'd love to go the entire game and not have to punt, but that's probably not realistic. And so when you do, it's nice to have a guy that can, can kick at 50 yards and, uh, and change field position. And so I thought, you know, J.D. Uh, continues to play well. And, and really, we told the whole team yesterday at practice that I really do believe we're starting to kind of play our best football right now. Really, and I, Who knows what will happen this Friday. But watching them practice and watching them play the last two weeks, uh, I think we're peaking at the right time. And, and, and uh, we've got some guys out. We've got some guys, you know, a couple of guys hurt, obviously, that have hurt us with Hunter and Caden and some other guys that are out. But despite that, you know, we would love to have those guys with us, obviously. But considering what we've got uh, available, I think the guys we've got are playing as well as they can possibly play. And I thought they did that against North Jackson. And, and that's what we asked them to do is, is don't take the Oxford game, the positives we have from Oxford, and go up here to North Jackson and just kind of piddle around and not play well. The, the challenge is to go play well again. And I thought overall we played really well as a team, and, uh, uh, and a lot of guys made some, made some big plays when they needed to. Well, like I said, it's not that often even through down our history with them that we go up there and bring home a win. So uh, a good job by the Cats. Yes, I don't know how many exactly we won up there, but I bet it's not more than a couple. Um, I can only remember one, and I think, man, I'm sure Coach Ellis' teams probably won one or two up there, I would think. So it's probably not more than two or three wins up there. So, uh, you know, and nobody had really beaten them uh, like that all year. They, they, Madison Academy beat them by four, and Madison County beat them, I think, by a touchdown. And so, I mean, they nobody had really uh, dominated them like that, and I think that uh, surprised them a little bit. But we were proud of our kids for going up there and, taking control of the game and, and basically leaving no doubt early on. So we go to North Jackson, come home with a 41-13 win. Now this week we move on to the first round of the playoffs. It will be at home taking on Gardendale, and we'll come back and talk a little bit about that game in a few moments. Welcome to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with your host, Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. We are a community, and we are there for you. Local care when you need it. 
For more information and specialties, visit DeKalbRegional.com. First Fidelity Bank has been serving our community since 1969. They are located in Fort Payne, Rainsville, and Eider. They offer fast, friendly, and easy service along with ATMs, mobile, and telephone banking. They also offer debit and credit cards. They understand that banking can be stressful and want to give you the help that you need, just like family. They're honored to be members of our community and wish all teams a good and safe season. First Fidelity Bank, the finest traditions of community banking. Equal housing lender, member FDIC. The Times Journal, DeKalb County's oldest newspaper, strives to keep the community informed on government meetings, school activities, sports, civic clubs, events, and more. They publish three days a week and have a readership of over 18,000 people with each publication. They also produce the DeKalb Living Magazine, another popular Times Journal publication, and their website, timesjournal.com, is one of the most viewed sites in Northeast Alabama. The Times Journal is a huge local supporter of all our area. Owner Patrick Graham and publisher Trisha Dunn wish Fort Payne and DeKalb County teams a wonderful season. As the weather gets colder, Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors has you covered. We offer a wide selection of top name brands for the winter season, such as Patagonia, On, Barber, and many more. Shop for family, or maybe a little gift for yourself. We have something for her, him, and the kids. This winter season, shop Fort Payne Footworks and Outdoors. Shop local. Open seven days a week, located on Fort Payne Main Street. Hey friends, this is Andy White down here at Bobby Ledbetter's Twin City Used Cars in Fort Payne, Alabama. I uh, just want to tell everybody what a great inventory we have down here. We're looking forward to people coming down here and shopping with us. I've got any make or model you can think of. I've got Cadillac, I've got Mini Coopers, I've got Toyotas, I've got Nissans. I've just got a bunch of vehicles down here. Listen, if you need financing, I've got great financing up to 84 months through some of our banks. We've got great interest rates going right now. And I just want to invite everybody down here to come see us at Twin City. We're located at 1015 Golf Avenue South in beautiful downtown Fort Payne, Alabama. You can shop us on the web at TwinCityUsedCars.com or just give us a call. 256-844-2210. Looking forward to seeing you guys down here. Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats! Welcome back to the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show. So this week, Coach, we move from the regular season to the playoffs, and we'll be uh, here at home Friday night in Wildcat Stadium taking on a somewhat familiar foe with Gardendale. Yeah, you know, two years ago, they, of course, came up here in the same thing, first-round game, and uh, a lot of those players that played that night, they had several sophomores that, that started that night, are, are obviously back. They're seniors, including the quarterback, uh, who's, a, who's a commitment to West Virginia University, a really good player. Um, I told our defense, you know, the, they picked the Alabama-Mississippi All-Star team a few weeks ago, and 
And so you pick, the, of course, Alabama's going to pick the two best quarterbacks in the state of Alabama is what they're going to try to do. And the two guys they picked were Higgins from Oxford and Crowder from Gardendale. So we're going to play two, the two best quarterbacks in the state of Alabama uh, in three weeks here. So we've got another big challenge, and, and um, you know, they're – uh, in a tough region, they play in the same region as Pinson and Clay Chalkville, and, and they played both those games fairly close, but weren't able to win them, and, and that's why they're the three seed. So they're, they're a really, really good three seed, and um, uh, you know, when you look at them really on film and on paper, uh, they look a lot like Oxford. They've got the same kind of size and ability, and um, you know, their, their, their corners look about like the same, and they're they're, just, they're big in the defensive line, and. Like I said earlier, they got a great quarterback. So uh, it, it's, you know, it's not, I think a lot of people think, well, if you're in the playoffs and you're home, you probably got to win uh, in the first round. Well, uh, that's not always the case, and uh, it's definitely not the case this week. We're going, uh, I'm sure, in a lot of people's eyes, we're probably a big underdog, and, and that's okay, but uh, we're going we're gonna, to uh, have to get, we're going to get rid of them for them the best we can, but uh, it'll, it'll be a really good team uh, that comes in here Friday night that we're playing. Memory serves me right. The last time we played, we went out, what, 21 nothing lead, and then they come back to win 28-21? I, was, I think you're thinking about the Homewood game uh, down there at Homewood. That was before I got here. But the, yeah, the two, two years right. ago was they jumped out on us, I want to say, 14 nothing. Yeah. Um, and then we came back and, and, and had chances to, to, to win the game. Uh, and they got beat 21-14, but had the ball – um, you know, inside it was a really uh, muddy night. It had rained all week here, and the field was really, really bad, and um, a lot, of, a lot of guys slipping and falling, and and uh, it was tough, tough conditions. But we had, uh, and we were talking about. We were, I was looking back at that film uh, earlier this week, and you know, that game we had the ball around there 30 uh, multiple times. I think four, and uh, of course with the conditions and Alex just being a ninth grader, that wasn't quite in his range. Uh, two years ago, uh, obviously this year, especially on a dry field, that would be easily in his range. So uh, maybe that'll be a difference this year if we can get the ball back down in that in that range. We can get points out of it, and we didn't two years ago. But um, it'll be a it'll be a similar uh, you know type game to me as it was two years ago, and that, that we're going to have to play really well. And you know, and of course, I told our team earlier that they're they're a lot like Oxford. But I do believe this. I don't believe they're as good as Oxford. I think they're very similar, but I don't think they're as good as Oxford. So that's why I told them, you know, you played, you played the best in the state two weeks ago, and you showed that you can line up and play with them. Now we've got to fix those mistakes we made, uh, and we've got to execute a little bit better, and, and we've got to go out there and try to play the best we can play Friday and, and, um, and see what happens. But it's going to be a challenge, and, and they're, they're, they're good on both sides of the ball, and they're very well coached. So, um, you know, really, really good football team that will be coming in here Friday night. Well, you mentioned that we're going to be playing what is one of the two best quarterbacks in the state, so that'll be a challenge again. Yeah, and he's not the runner that Higgins is. That's, the, I guess, the difference in the two. He throws it, obviously, just as well, maybe better, uh, can make all the throws. And like I said, anybody that's committed to, to a Division One school like West Virginia is obviously a really good player. And a uh, three-year starter for him and just a really smart player, and, and he does a lot of the – uh, what people call the run-pass options or the RPOs, where he's got an option each play, whether he hands the ball off on the run or throws a pass, and he's really good at that. And, and uh, we'll have to be, you know, uh, giving him different looks and showing him different things and trying to confuse him a little bit because if you just kind of sit back there and play him base, he'll pick you apart just because he's uh, very smart about what he does. And uh, and then they've got a big physical offensive line. You know, the, the head coach at Gardendale was the – was the offensive line of coach at Hoover for, I guess, nine or ten years, maybe longer. So uh, you can tell by watching film that the head coach is a former O-line coach because they do a good job in the offensive line and uh, they're big and, and um, 
Uh, good running back, uh, LT Sanders at running backs, a really good running back for them, hits the hole hard, and, and then they've got receivers. And they're, and they're a little bit like us in that uh, some of their guys that play receiver also play on defense. So they, they're not uh, they're not going to have quite the depth that, that, that probably Oxford and some of these other bigger 6 A's have. They're going to be a little bit more like us where they have to play some guys both ways. So, you know, maybe that will be a little bit more of an advantage to us because I did think – I did think against Oxford, I thought, um, not that we were out of shape, but I just thought the, the fact that we're playing so many guys both ways uh, wore us down a little bit in the fourth quarter, and, and uh, they're going to have the same issue this week because uh, uh, both their corners play receiver as well. So, um, but, uh, you know, like I said, they just uh, big, big defensive line. They've got a number 17, uh, Kelby Collins, I think is his name. Uh, he's a sophomore, but he's about 6'3", 250, and I think he's already getting all kinds of uh, uh, recruiting attention and maybe already gotten several offers, and uh, you can tell he's going to be a really, really good player. He's already a good player, but you can tell, you know, in two years he'll be, a, he'll be one of those guys everybody in the country will be after. So uh, with him and a couple other big defensive linemen, uh, that they are really good up front on defense, and then they've got a, a middle linebacker, uh, number four, Kenneth McShann, that uh, started for him as a sophomore and was a good player for him as a sophomore two years ago. And, He's back with two more years' experience, and so uh, we're going to have to. It'll be similar in the Oxford game in that we're going to have to be efficient in the run game and 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 be able to block them effectively. But we're going to have to take opportunities, you know, down the field. I mean, you 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 can't line up and try to get probably two or three at a time against them the entire night. We're going to have to make some big plays in the throw game, and um, uh, but at the same time, in the run game, we've got to be able to. Uh, be efficient and not lose yardage and not have negative plays. And uh, like we say all the time, three's better than zero or, or you know, uh, two's better than a negative one. Let's make sure we stay ahead of the chains and, and, and hopefully as the game goes on, we'll make some big runs as we go. Another key factor probably is going to be J.D. back there at quarterback and how he can uh, kind of get away from pressure. Yeah, he's done a great job of that all, all, all year, and he'll have to do another uh, a good job of this because, like I said, their defensive line's big and fast and um, do a good job getting to the quarterback. And uh, we're going to have to do, make sure we get it out of his hands quick, too. Uh, but when he can't get it out of his hands, he, he's got to, you know, be solid again about it. He's been great at that all year about eluding pressure and getting away from people. So, uh, you know, I told him the other day, if you can do that against Oxford, then you can probably do it against anybody. So uh, he'll have to be ready for that, and, and our offensive line will – um, you know, have to. I, I don't really think um, uh, they're 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 very good on defense. And I told our offense, I don't think they're as good as Oxford was on defense. But that doesn't mean I don't probably didn't mean a whole lot because Oxford was one of the best defenses in the state. So, uh, but we, we're just going to have to make sure we, we went back and looked at the Oxford film. You know, the, the the Monday after we played them, and we saw we had several opportunities we just didn't didn't uh, take advantage of and. Not to say they were easy opportunities, but um, they were there, and, and that's what's going to have to happen this, this Friday night. We're, to, to be able to beat a team as talented as them, we're going to have to be able to uh, convert on every opportunity we get, uh, no matter how small that window be, may be, we're going to have to convert on it. And uh, if we do that, we'll give ourselves a chance to, to win the game. Not to take any way, anything away from our team, but it seemed on that Oxford game they really underestimated our team. Yeah, I think so. I think probably for sure they did, and no matter probably how much their coaches told them not to, I think they did. And, uh, you know, and I think maybe a little bit of that might happen with Gardendale too. They came up here two years ago and won, and I think they probably expect to win, and uh, and they may underestimate us a little bit, and uh, that that's okay. Um, we we've kind of been, I guess, overlooked all year, and, and we've just kind of stuck to what we do and found a way to to win more than we've lost. And um, you know, uh, like I said earlier, I, I'm proud of where we are right now as a team with, with all that's happened, uh, losing the first two games. 
the year of the pandemic, and you lose your best running back in the week eight and um, lose the cornerback as well. And we've just kind of hung in there and kept battling and kept playing, and we're still playing really good football. We just, um, we're, we're getting uh, less and less depth each week. We just, we don't have a lot of depth, but, uh, but that's okay. That's just part of it. And uh, we'll just, uh, we, we've got, we feel like we've got, got them ready to go and we've had a good week of practice so far and we'll try to finish that up this week and um and go out there friday and play the best we can play don't want to give away any secrets obviously but uh anything we're going to do different than what we normally do that that their defense kind of lends maybe we could have a little more success again not not really one thing they do defensively that's tough to prepare for is they're they're pretty multiple meaning they don't just line up in the same look all the time they might be in a three-man front one one uh, down and might be in a four-man the next uh, they'll send pressure one down, they'll play base the next. So they, you never really get a, a good feel of what they're going to do, uh, or at least that's what we, we look at when we watch film. But, you know, when you get into the playoffs, you're going to have certain things that you work on that you might have worked on all year, that you might have been working on for two weeks. You know, not necessarily always trick plays, but, but you know, what I would call deception plays. Maybe it's a different way to run a play action. You've run it all year, or a different this or a different that. And, you know, when, if and when we get opportunities to call those plays, uh, that'll probably be the key of the game is, is can we convert on those plays because uh, we're going to have to create explosive plays, and, and that's, you know, 15 yards or more to me. We, if we go all night and, and we don't have many plays over 15 yards, um, I think it's hard to win against somebody like that. I think you've got to create some, and I'm not saying you've got to create 20, but if you could create, you know, six to seven, you know, big plays of uh, 15 yards or more, uh, it increases your chances of winning. And then obviously the key that's the key every Friday night, and it'll be obviously more magnified in the playoffs, is just turnovers. And we've done a pretty good job of that all year. Uh, hadn't thrown many interceptions, hadn't fumbled it much. Um, and that'll be the key Friday is, you know, and that was, you know, if you go back and look at the Oxford, that was kind of the difference in that game is we had one interception, one fumble, both in their territory, <clears throat> and that changed a little bit of the game. You know, if we, if we don't have those things happen, we maybe get a field goal or maybe a touchdown on that drive, and, and the game's a little bit different uh, later on. So um, being able to, to make some big plays and, and not turn the ball over, uh, once again, will be, will be a key factor in the ball game. Uh, Coach, things are going to be a little different because it's been a playoff game. If you want to talk a little bit about that, I know the uh, crowd's going to be limited and what people need to do to make sure they can get into Wildcat Stadium yeah, Friday. Yeah, you make sure you've already, if you hadn't already, you need to go ahead and buy, the, buy a ticket online. All the tickets are online like they've been all year. But, but the uh, capacity is limited to 33% uh, of the stadium's capacity, which Mr. Jed, is, they've, they've figured all that out. and They, they know the number that that is. And so uh, once they figure that out, the state – only allows that many tickets to be sold. And I, I think as of right now, I don't think we've sold out yet. So they'll be the same. There'll be a, a capacity limit on the Gardendale side and a capacity limit on our side. And uh, uh, obviously in, in, the, uh, in the playoffs too, we can't live stream any kind of video uh, to the game. So if people want to watch the game, they're going to need to come to the game Friday. And I think it's going to be a good night for football too. I mean, it's going to be, you know, you know, two years ago, like I said, it was a rainy, wet field. And of course, last year, I felt like both our playoff games, it was just bitterly cold for, for mm -hmm. early November. Um, but I think this, this Friday night it's going to be a pretty pleasant evening. It may it'll probably be down in the 50s, but probably not near as cold as it was last week. And uh, so hopefully if you, if you would like to see the game, you, you need to get a, make sure you get a ticket before they sell out and, and then uh, get there early and get your seat. And, uh, um, you know, expect a, expect a good football game because I think it's a, it's a really good team coming here, and I think we're playing uh, as well as we can play right now, and we just got to go try to play even better on Friday. 
Well, as Coach said, we will not be able to video stream the game this coming Friday, so you can still listen to us on all the Fort Payne TV outlets. So if you want to see the game, as Coach has said, get out to the stadium on Friday night, and you better grab the tickets pretty quick. So for Coach Elmore, Roger Engel saying good evening, and we'll see you Friday night, and go Cats. Thank you for watching the Twin City Auto Wildcat pregame show with hosts Roger Engel, Britt Haas, and Scott Weatherly. Go Wildcats!